Would you take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to Philippians chapter 4? Let's go together to Philippians chapter 4 this morning. When Abraham Lincoln was on his way to Washington to be inaugurated, he spent some time in New York with Horace Greeley and told him an anecdote which was meant to be an answer to the question which everybody was asking him at the time, are we really to have civil war? In his circuit riding days, Lincoln and his companions, riding to the next session of court, had dealt with all kinds of difficulties along the way as as well as crossing many swollen rivers. But the Fox River, the Fox River was still ahead of them, and they said to each other, if we, if we see that these streams are swollen and give us this much trouble, how are we going to handle the Fox River when we get to that? And when darkness fell, they stopped for the night, found a place of lodging where they fell in with a Methodist presiding elder of the district who was riding through the countryside, and he, of course, was also riding through the countryside in all kinds of weather and clement conditions. He knew all about the Fox River. And they gathered around him, and they, they asked him for his wisdom about the present state of the river, and he said, oh, yes, I know all about the Fox River. I've crossed it often and understand it well, but I have one fixed rule with regard to the Fox River. I never cross it until I reach it. (laughs) That's good advice, isn't it? Especially when it comes to the things that we worry about. We ought never cross them until we come to them. When we worry, when we worry, we wrestle with things that could be a problem but may never be. We wrestle with problems before they're really problems. Did you know that worry is like fog? It's been determined that a dense fog covering seven city blocks to a depth of 100 feet, if it could be captured, could be captured in a glass of water. Imagine that. That is, all the fog covering seven city blocks 100 feet deep could be, if it were gotten all together, held in a single, single drinking glass. Have you ever thought about that? You, did you realize that? I didn't until I read that. and It's amazing. That's why worry is like fog. If we could just see into the future, if we could see our problems in their true light, we would likely realize that the things we worry about aren't really what they seem. And that's especially true when instead of worrying, we take God at His Word. We take great encouragement in His promises and trust Him to be our comforter, our provider. So how can we learn to deal with worry? How can we learn to conquer worry? What's the cure for worry? Well, when we entered Philippians chapter 4 a few weeks ago, we heard this in verse 1. Therefore, my brothers. Look at it with me. Look at verse 1. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. 
Believers in Jesus Christ have been commanded to stand firm. Standing firm in the Lord. To stand firm in our faith in the Lord. And what we've seen in recent weeks following verse 1 are several practical ways in which we can stand firm in the Lord. Standing firm begins with a solid foundation of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ took our punishment for our sins. Didn't he? he He took our place. And we can stand firm in our faith when we fix our attention on the Lord Jesus Christ. And what we've seen here in recent weeks is this challenge to stand firm in our faith. Stand firm in the Lord. It begins with that faith in Jesus Christ who took upon Himself the punishment for our sins. And we can rejoice in that, fixing our attention on Him. Because He is gracious to help us, not only with that greatest need, but with all of our needs. And then we saw in verses 2 and 3 that standing firm in the Lord means pursuing peace with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Being serious about pursuing peace with our fellow believers. And then we saw in verse 4 that standing firm in the Lord includes learning to rejoice always in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. And finally, last week, we saw in verse 5 that standing firm in the Lord means being people who are known for our reasonableness or our gentle spirit, even, or maybe even especially, in the face of opposition for our faith or when faced with difficult people, difficult situations, being people that are reasonable, people that, that express a gentle spirit, that, that live a life that's characterized by a gentle spirit as we look to Christ. This morning we arrive here at Philippians 4 and we move on in the text to verses 6 and 7. And what we find here is another practical way we're to learn to stand firm in the Lord. The instruction Paul gives is going to teach us how to deal with worry how to deal with anxiety. As we read the text this morning, I want you to look for three ways that Paul shows us that we can stand firm in the Lord by resisting the temptation to worry. Watch for these as we read. We can deal with worry, first of all, by being prayerful, secondly, by being thankful, and thirdly, by finding safety in the peace of God. These are the three things we're going to see here in the passage, and we'll talk about them after we read. So let's look together at Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Follow along as I read from the English Standard Version. Paul writes, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. M.R. DeHaan, who writes for Our Daily Bread, says, I once read about a paratrooper in the U.S. Army who had made more than 50 successful parachute jumps without a single serious injury. But the first day back after being discharged, he stumbled over a rug, fell against the table, and broke four of his ribs. He had worried a great deal about his parachute jumps, but then something happened he had never worried about. (laughs) He tripped over a rug. Aren't we like that? 
Aren't we like that? We spend all kinds of time worrying, spending all kinds of anxiety on things that never happen. We worry, we fret, we stew over things that never happen. Ian McLaren says, what does your anxiety do? It does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, but it does empty today of its strength. It does not make you escape the evil. It makes you unfit to cope with it when it comes. God gives us the power to bear all the sorrow of His making, but He does not guarantee to give us strength to bear the burdens of our own making, such as worry induces. Worry does rob us of our strength for today. You can become so worried about something, so anxious about something, that you are paralyzed by fear. You can become so fretful over something that you can't concentrate or accomplish anything worthwhile. Worry does that to you. It robs you of even the best opportunities to do what is right, to do what is good, to do what is helpful to others and obedient to God. You can be so gripped by anxiety and worry that it hinders you from being effective for the Lord. And when you're filled with worry, instead of standing firm in the Lord and being spiritually stable, you're going to find yourself wavering and ineffective and unstable. We need not be those kinds of people as followers of Christ who have every reason for hope and every confidence that know, to know that God is in control. So we learn here from the Bible that worry isn't helpful. Just in case you were thinking that it was. I think we know better, don't we? And the Bible makes this clear. It, worry is not helpful. Notice the first part of verse 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything. Warren Wearsby says about this, what is Worry. The Greek word translated anxious means to be pulled in different directions. That's what it feels like, doesn't it? He says our hopes pull us in one direction, our fears pull us the opposite direction, and we are pulled apart. The old English root from which we get our word worry means to strangle. If you have ever really worried, you know how it does strangle a person. In fact, worry has definite physical consequences. Headaches, neck pains, ulcers, even back pains. Worry affects our thinking, our digestion, and even our coordination. Now, all of us, I think, likely have first-hand experience with worry. Some of us may spend a lot of time worrying. Maybe you think, I'm just a worrier. It's who I am. It's my nature. I can't do anything about it. By nature, there's just not much I can change about it. I I have good news for you this morning, if you would identify with that. There is a cure for worry. It's found right here in our passage. It's found in the Bible. You don't have to be enslaved by your fears. That's something I praise God for. You don't have to be enslaved by your anxiety. Worry doesn't have to overwhelm you and keep you from being your best for God and for His glory. There is freedom from worry. There is freedom for the believer in Jesus Christ 
to be free from anxiety and to stand fast in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, we cannot say back to him, well, Paul, you just don't know how bad I've got it. You don't know what it is to face hardship and difficulty. Well, if you know Paul's life from the New Testament, you know that he faced terrible circumstances, things that many of us have likely never faced and never will face. If anyone had a reason, if we could give anyone a reason for being excused for worrying, I think Paul might qualify. In fact, he's writing this while he's a prisoner in chains under Roman guard. His immediate future is uncertain to him. He doesn't know what's going to happen in the end. He could be facing death for all he knew. And yet, it's refreshing to hear these words from a man who's uncertain about what tomorrow holds because he's certain about the Savior who holds tomorrow. He tells the Philippian believers, do not be anxious about anything. And like I often say, this is a word for you. This is a word for me today. This is a word for God's people who think about the elections and go, what in the world are we going to do? And God's not saying that. He's in control. And we look at our lives, we think about the work that we face or maybe the lack of work that we face and we say, what are we going to do? And God's not worried about that. He cares. And He is at work, but He's not worried about that. He's not anxious about it. You might look at someone you love dearly who, who needs to turn their life around you and you are helpless to bring change into their life for them. And you think, what am I going to do? Or what is this person going to do? God's not anxious about that. He's at work. So this is God's word for us. We're being commanded not to be anxious about anything. So have you ever stopped to think that your worry is sin? In case you'd like to excuse it, be careful because God's word does not. God has clearly commanded us in His Word not to be anxious, not to worry. And when we do, we're sinning. So we need to take this seriously. Unfortunately, we often make light of worry. We say, I'm just, I'm just deeply concerned. But it's sin. If we spend so much time thinking about those things that we cannot control, that it hinders us in our efforts to bring honor and glory to God with our lives. It's a sin that we should not take lightly because worrying is a failure to trust God. It is taking from God the things that He is taking care of and taking them on ourselves and in refusing to trust God with those things. So listen to the words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 6. And verse 34, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Well, there's a relief. Thank goodness. Tomorrow is worrying about itself. <laughs> Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Pay attention to today. Trust God with tomorrow and take obedient steps to glorify God in today. 
And Luke chapter 12, verse 32 reminds us that we have no reason to be anxious because God is in control, saying it this way, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The God that we trust with everything has the keys to the kingdom. And we can praise God for that as we face our fears. So we take heart in our giving and gracious God. We take heart and encouragement in our gracious God who is gracious to provide and promise to provide for our needs, our daily needs and tomorrow's needs and all the tomorrows He gives us. We're told in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on Him. And in that passage, as well as the passage we're looking at this morning in Philippians, this is a wonderful charge. It doesn't just stop there saying, cast all your anxiety on Him, or don't be anxious about anything. It also gives us what we should do instead. Casting all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. You put your trust in Him because you know He cares for you. Just a little bit of worry? Is that okay? I'll give God like 95% of it? Can I just take the other 5%? Nope. We're commanded by God not to worry about anything. Again, Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. He doesn't say, it's okay, worry just about a few things. You take just a few things on yourself. Just take the small things and let God have the big things. You worry about the little things. No. Not one thing we're to take on ourselves and be anxious about. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Now, this is not to say that we're not to be concerned about things. And not to pay attention to things. This isn't like we we live with not a care in the world and ignore everything going on around us. We are to care enough about those things that, that concern us to do what we can in every situation and for God's glory. We deal with those things for God's glory with the, with the gifts that He has given us, with the opportunities that He has given us to be involved with the resolution, but trusting God with the outcome. And so if you're a student and you have a test coming up, you should care enough about doing your best for God's glory that you take time to study and prepare. And yet, leave the grade in God's hands. You do your part, but you don't worry about it in the meantime. You don't stew about it while you're studying. If you have an unsaved friend, maybe you have an unsaved friend or a loved one, you ought to be concerned enough for them to desire to glorify God as they see your life living in obedience to God and to to pray for them and pray for their heart to be changed that they might see Jesus and be saved to see who He is from His Word and trust in Him. But you're not to worry. You're not to be anxious about when, when will they give their attention to the Word of truth. So maybe you're thinking, well, I, you know, I, do, I do worry too much. I am anxious about things, 
I find myself not being able to help myself. I do think about things a lot, and I spend a lot of time stewing over those things that I really don't have any control of. I really want to stop worrying. I really want to stop being anxious. I've really tried hard at times, and I just can't seem to get a handle on it, you might say. How can I quit being a worrier? There is a cure for worry. The cure for worry. You know what it is, right? You see it here in the text. The cure for worry is prayer. Instead of worrying, we're to be praying. It's not like we're to live without a care in the world. Those things that concern us, we we do think about them, but we take them to God in prayer. But in everything, says verse 6, But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests or your anxieties or your worries be made known to God. Prayer is the replacement for anxiety and worry. If you don't want to worry, then you must pray. You must humble yourself before God in prayer. So are you to only pray about just a few things and worry about others? We have covered this, I think. (laughs) Just a few things. I worry about these things and I pray about the others. No, we pray about all of it. We give it all to God in prayer. It says, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Pray about everything. Pray about the big things. Pray about the little things. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. God's Word is so good. When it shows us the thing that we ought to guard against, the thing that we ought to put off, it shows us what we should be putting in its place because there will be a void. And God always fills the void. And we can praise God for that. Matthew Henry writes, When anything burdens our spirits, we must ease our minds by prayer. When our affairs are perplexed or distressed, we must seek direction and support. There is direction and support. Praise God. That direction and support that we need is found in God. Entrusting the promises of His Word. Being knowledgeable about His Word. Being in the Word. Reading the Word. And then taking our problems to Him in prayer and trusting Him with them. In the words of Jesus from Luke 18.1, we ought always to pray and not lose heart. Do not give up. You have a promise-keeping God whose timing is perfect and answers are just what you need. Do not give up. You ought always to pray and not lose heart. And in the familiar 1 Thessalonians 5.17, we know that we are to pray without ceasing. And what we hear from the Bible is that we're to take to the Lord in prayer all of our concerns. We're to take everything to Him and leave them with Him. Yes, we have responsibilities. Yes, yes, we have people to interact with and and problems to deal with. And we're to deal with them with the wisdom that God gives us and the strength that God enables us with and the provision to have our needs met in those difficulties. But we leave the outcome in His hands. We don't worry about what is going to happen. We deal with the things that we face, being obedient to God, seeking to deal with those things in ways that bring Him glory and show that that we trust Him. 
And we leave the outcome in His hands. We trust Him in prayer. Now there's a component of praying that is seen here in two words that we, we dare not overlook. Maybe you've noticed them. Maybe you think they're, they're kind of strangely placed. Are, are these two words out of place? The two words are these, with thanksgiving. You say, the things that concern me, the things that I'm anxious about, the things I worry about, they're hard to be thankful for. You, you may not thank the Lord for those things, but there are many, many blessings from God that you can be thankful about as you pray and trust Him with those The key to standing firm in the Lord as we deal with the temptation to worry is to be thankful to God in prayer. That's number two, be thankful. In all of your prayers, be thankful. In all of your supplications, be thankful. What are supplications? Supplication is when you go to God in prayer with all of the details When you give Him every detail, all those details that concern you, all of those details that you keep mulling over and over again in your mind, all of those things that you think about when you're falling asleep and you're wrestling with them and you wake up in the morning thinking about them. Does it sound like I have experience with things like this? Don't we all? Supplication. Supplication also carries with it the idea of praying with a sense of urgency. And these things must be urgent if we spend time worrying about them, finding ourselves anxious about them. Those things we supplicate before God. We, we give Him all the details. We take them to Him, maybe with great urgency, and we do not lose heart as we do so. So Paul says that all of this, in all of your praying and supplication, in all the details and urgent needs, be thankful to God. And we can, after all, because He's the one who hears our prayers. He's the one who answers our prayers. He's the one who perfectly answers our prayers, even if the answer looks totally different than the request. Because God is gracious to give us what we need, not what we want. Be thankful to God. He deserves our praise and gratitude. Let's not miss how important this is if we want to be free from worry. We ought to go to God with grateful hearts, with joy and anticipation about how He is going to work in these situations. As hard as it is to let go of them, we need to take them to God with great joy and confidence and gratitude for His constant goodness. Pray about everything and pray about everything with thanksgiving to God. Pray with thanksgiving is God's cure for worry. Praying with that gratitude is God's cure for anxiety. Because when your attention is focused on God and His goodness, you tend to take your eyes off your inability and instead fix your eyes of faith on your mighty powerful, sovereign, and loving God. Worrying and failing to pray is a failure to trust God. So Colossians 4.2 tells us that we are to continue steadfastly, steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Three descriptive words here about how we're to pray. Continue. 
Keep praying. Keep trusting God. Be steadfast in that. Be consistent. And be watchful. And we like to think about being watchful as being watchful of the problems. And I would suggest that being watchful is being watchful for the blessing that God will bring as He solves those issues that might lead us to worry and anxiety. Worrying and failing to pray is truly a failure to trust God. We dare not go there. We dare not let our faith be weakened. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. The believer who is standing firm in the Lord is steadfast. Not in, not in their own strength, but in the strength of the Lord to provide and encourage. You stand fast and you're watchful in prayer. And when you're focused on God and His goodness, the focus is off of you, off of your problems, and it's on God and in His good and gracious and faithful provision. And if you need a reminder about how great God is and how wonderful He is to provide for our needs, look to Jesus, the one who saves us from ourselves, the one who is the sacrifice for our sins. Worry will rob you of joy. But when you get your eyes on the Lord through prayer, that is filled with thanksgiving, your worries will fade. Number three, when you learn to start praying about everything, when you learn to start praying about everything and doing it with thanksgiving, note that there will be results Instead of worrying, you will find safety in the peace of God. When you replace worry with thankful prayer, God is so gracious, God is so generous to give you His peace. Note verse 7 again. And the peace of God. Hear that. The peace of God. You might say, I have no peace. I understand. God's got peace for you. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There is safety for you in the peace that God gives and only the peace that He can give. God gives peace that is beyond our understanding, beyond our grasp to see where did that come from? To the believer who's standing firm in the Lord by giving to God in prayer all of their concerns, God gives inner peace when the storms are raging all around you. Trust God with your troubles in prayer, with thanksgiving, and He will graciously give you His peace through your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Says Isaiah 26.3, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you you don't trust in yourself that's why you worry but if you put your eyes on god and on his goodness and grace and remember the lord jesus christ who saves you from your sins 
There's peace in the midst of your problems. There's joy in the midst of difficult and trying situations as you trust in Him. As you keep your eyes on Him, He keeps you in His perfect peace because your mind is stayed on Him. Your mind is fixed on His goodness. Your mind is satisfied with His provision and promises. You will have His perfect peace. You will have His joy even even through trials and difficulties because you are trusting in Him and not in you. God's perfect peace protects you from anxiety and worry. And as a follower of Christ who's standing firm in your faith in the Lord, you don't have to be worried and fretful and uptight. There is a cure for worry and it is found through prayer that is saturated with thankfulness given to God. Worry won't bring you peace. I'm guessing we all know this already. If you've worried, you've found no peace. But prayer, offered to God with thanksgiving, will bring you His peace. And that peace just might baffle you at times. Where is this coming from? Here I am in the midst of this heartache. Here I am shedding tears over this situation, this problem. And yet, I know the joy of the Lord as my strength. I have the peace of God. I can't fabricate that myself. That's an incredible experience when you face a heartache or trial and you find that in it, you have His peace. God is gracious. With our faith fixed on our promise-keeping God, we learn to stand firm in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ.